Hello, lovelies. Welcome to year three of Lessons from the Universe with Jennifer Hall. If you're new to the show, please remember, back it up and see what you've been missing. Those of you who love it already, remember, I need you. I need you to like, to share, review, subscribe, and maybe even consider clicking that patron button. Let's grow our community so that we can grow and learn together. Hello, lovelies. As you know, I tend to have themes, or <laughs> maybe you don't know, uh, always, since this all really started unfolding for me, I'll have a theme. It will be everybody in a week, or it will be all the things circling around me, every post I see, every everything will be pointing, well, almost every, will be pointing at something specific. And what has really come to the focus for me this week, um, sort of, motivated or given um, a whole lot of momentum by everything that's gone on in this finally beginning to close Mercury retrograde period is really relationships, communication, and how these feed into our own peace of mind. How the way that we communicate, the way that we see other people, the way that we choose to respond and react really changes our own vibration, the vibration of those around us, particularly for those of us in a partnership um, or a you know combined living situation of any kind where we are continually in interaction with someone outside of the preconceived limitations of the workplace, though sometimes within it as well, there is some real intrinsic needs and desires to be heard that sometimes crush our own spiritual awareness and our willingness and ability to let other people breathe within their own space to learn and grow and evolve and see their own reactions in a way that is both good for them and good for us and the relationship, the partnership, the connection as a whole. So as this has been going on inside of me, right, even in my own personal life, the choosing to just end a conversation, debate, or argument before it is over with my point of view in the room and the other person's point of view in the room and to give those things space to breathe and then observe how that momentum changes the other person, changes their behavior without requiring that they put words on it, without requiring that the other person is able to say, I thought about what you said, or I'm sorry, or anything else, but to be able to observe the change. Now, to be clear, there are actions and words and things that people use that do require more direct response. But in most day-to-day -day interactions, even in most conflicts, this is not necessary. As this has been spinning around in my head and poking its head up in conversations with clients and even um, friends and you know acquaintances, uh, soccer moms, whatever, <laughs> a number of quotes have crossed my path that have just made it really clear that this must be pushing forward for a lot of people in a lot of ways. I 
have to say <laughs> that as I wrote this one down, I giggled because this quote is attributed to someone calling themselves Phil Good, like P-H-I-L-G-O-O-D, and feel good, feel good. It does make you feel good. And so I just think that's funny. But I want to, whenever possible, give credit where credit is due. And this is attributed to feel good. The quote is a meme. You probably, well, if you follow me on social media, you saw it earlier this week. Um, we get mad at people when we're not getting from them what we need to be giving ourselves. Beloved, this is the source of almost every argument that we have. Every time we feel disconnected, we are seeking, I call it fishing, fishing for compliments, fishing for validation. We are seeking outside of us what is truly ours from within. We don't really need to be understood or validated by other people. That comes intrinsically. It is perfectly valid to request it of someone to say, I need your opinion. I need your validation. But you do have to recognize that in doing so, you open the door for them maybe to not understand or not agree. Maybe to realize they haven't been paying attention or listening in the first place. Not because they don't care about you, though we take it that way so often, but because they're already at their bandwidth. I hear this from both sides of relationships, but most commonly from women talking about their husbands or their boyfriends. They'll say he just doesn't listen. It feels like he doesn't care. To be fair, in, in some instances, they don't listen and they don't care. But most of the time, it's not that. It's not about us. It is about them doing the best they can with their own load, right? With their bandwidth their ability to juggle all the things they have in their own lives, in their own worlds, their own struggle for self-validation. And here we are pushing them to be able to give us something that truly we need to be able to give ourselves. When we can validate ourselves, when we can be proud of ourselves, then anything else that we get is just icing on the cake and it comes flowing naturally out of people because there's no pressure. And yet, so often, we get mad at people when we're not getting from them what we need to be getting from ourselves. It's not great, right? Or how often have you had someone in your life it can be a sibling, it can be a parent, it could be your loved one, a, a neighbor, a friend, whatever. And we just want them to be different. We push them, we push them to be different and we get so irritated that they don't. A few days ago, I was having this conversation with someone telling him that he's continuing to get angry about the same thing and clearly his partner is intrinsically that, that that behavior is something that they cannot or will not change. And if you choose them anyway, you must re change, must revisit, review your own reaction to it. And then lo and behold, another meme is sent to me. 
I'm going to destroy this name, but Bahava Kila. The quote is, when you continue to be irritated by someone who refuses to change, you also refuse to change. Let's think about that one. When you continue to be irritated by someone who refuses to change, you also refuse to change. I'll give you a real good example. This is a throw my husband under the bus moment, but when my husband is tired, he cannot communicate effectively. He cannot listen. He no longer has empathy. He's tired. What he needs to do is go to sleep, but he has not been able to accept in his 45 years that he should just go get in the bed. And so he will be argumentative until literally he's snoring on the couch. Here we are 11 years later. If I continue to let that irritate me, to let myself be hurt by what he might say or not say or whatever else when he is overly tired, I am refusing to change in a way that only hurts me and our relationship. Instead, I choose to recognize maybe he's just tired. And then 30 minutes later, when he's snoring on the couch, I get my validation that he was just tired. And I have allowed myself to accept that nothing he might argue with, disagree with, or whatever in the hour preceding that moment of snoring on the couch, that none of it has any value. I am allowing myself to change for the sake of my emotions and sanity and for the sake of our relationship because this is something he has not been able to change. Why? Why would I not accept from someone I love that if they cannot, then I will allow myself to look at it in a new way. To tell the kids, hey, by the way, daddy's passed out snoring on the couch. That's why he was being grumpy. And to allow them to take on that same freedom, that same lack of judgment and pain or taking behavior personally. It's empathy, beloved. What makes him behave that way? Being overly tired. The rare occasion when I am irate for no reason, I expect people to understand it. So let me do that for him, even though it's um, a lot more often. We continue to be irritated by someone who refuses to change. And in reality, we are also refusing to change. The hypocrisy is comical. I like it. I like it. I like the acceptance that we have the ability to choose our reaction, to choose how we react, to choose how we respond. This is important, especially in the light of someone who is ignorant or hypocritical or out of control or having their own problems, which, beloved, everybody has their own problems. A lot of people really struggle in the work climate with someone who is supposedly more powerful than them or up above them in some status way, that these people are supposed to somehow be superhuman. And They've got their own shit, right? Their own insecurities, their own families. 
Or let's think about children. How often do you see an adult trying to require of their child that they be more mindful or easygoing than they are capable of being? It's silly, right? We do get to choose how we respond. And this had been something I'd been talking to a lot of people about. Why do you respond by yelling? Why do you respond by getting angry? Is it because it's really how you feel or it's how you feel you're supposed to feel? Are you really energetically that disturbed by what happened or are you just responding to the energy that's being given out? And lo and behold, someone else sends me a meme. This one doesn't have a name or I would give it. Maybe you saw it on my social media. It says this. Before you respond to someone, remember that your response is also your agreement to establish an energy connection with them, which may change your energy field and your vibrational frequency. Be aware. Beloved, recognize. If you feel your energy change, if you feel your heart start to race, if you feel your blood rushing to your head, if you feel something changing about your frequency because of the interaction with the other person, change your reaction. You can respond by saying no. You can respond by stepping away. You can respond any way you want to. If you match someone else's intensity, you take it on as your own. Before you respond, ask yourself, is this the response I really want to give? Some time ago, I shared a conflict with a family member where she was irate, man, screaming and yelling and crazy and bursting in and out of the door. And by the grace of God, right? The universe. I somehow was able to remain cognizant of my own presence, my own energy, and my own response. In that moment, time slowed down, and I was very aware of not matching her frequency, her energy field. It was a massive win <laughs> for me. Not against her, but the self to the self, right? When we choose to respond in a way that is aligned with who we are, right? Let's be clear. I did not back down. I did not let her roll me over or be right. In fact, I did not do that to a greater extent than someone who would have argued that day because I stayed calm. I didn't enter into the agreement she wanted me to enter into. My alignment was the self to the self. We can all do this, beloved. Choose. At one moment during that disagreement, I took my open hands and started to make them into fists. And as I did, I felt the energy rush back into my body. I felt the intensity rush back into my body. I took a breath. I released my hands and returned my presence to my own peace and calm. 
to the concept that I don't want to have any regret for the way I respond. And I don't want to give her the power to choose my reaction or my response for me. This is a example, a really loud one. It was at the time. And you know, I believe examples are the best way to teach. Beloved, even when the anger rushes over you, you can let it keep going. You don't have to take it in. You don't have to take it on. Before you respond, ask yourself, do I want to make this energy connection? Do I have to do it in the way they present it? No, you don't. Even if they are bigger, louder, or seemingly, presumably more powerful than you, we get to choose. Choice is huge, and the peace of mind that comes with it is huge. That relationship has ended. I have no regrets. I don't look back and think, I should have kept my cool. I shouldn't have said that. I I shouldn't have yelled. I shouldn't have anything, because I didn't do any of those things. No matter what the outcome is of an energy exchange, if you are aware of your choice, then you don't have anything to be afraid of, anything to regret. And no matter what the outcome is of that conversation, of that relationship, you win. So again, this has been circling and circling and circling. And then... (laughs) as the universe would have it, just to send it home and to make absolute sure that I would have this conversation with you today, I came across an article and within it, there were four quotes from Buddha. I like Buddha. I like Buddha. You know, there were many, right? Buddha means enlightened one. Quite perfectly with this conversation we were just having about what do we do if somebody attacks us, comes at us, angry, tries to force us to respond in kind, comes the first quote on this list of four. Conquer the angry one by not getting angry. Conquer the wicked by goodness. Conquer the stingy by generosity and the liar by speaking the truth. We have a choice, beloved. Even if you feel the power of rage washing over you, you can allow it to wash over you, to keep going. You don't have to hold it in, grab onto it. You don't have to join in the festival of lies and anger. We can choose, beloved. Conquer the angry one by not getting angry. The liar by speaking the truth. There is freedom. And when we speak the truth, we are heard. We are heard by who needs to hear. And any alignment that is broken is a blessing. I love that so much. What is the price? (laughs) Choice. And choice is not a price, it's a payment, right? The Buddha said, the price of freedom is simply choosing to be. We can take that apart in so many ways, but I'm going to say it's choosing to be free, choosing to be free of attachment, 
We don't need to be attached to the idea of being understood. We don't need to be attached to the idea of being validated. We don't need to be attached to the idea that it's not okay for someone to be angry at us. We don't need to be attached to anything but our own peace of mind. And in that, all right relationships thrive and flourish. Buddha said, if we could see the miracle of a single flower clearly, our whole life would change. That's a metaphor, beloved. Let's see the miracle. Let's see the miracle in last night when my husband was tired and grumpy and came really close to trying to create an argument. He looked at me and said, I just can't right now. Can we talk about this tomorrow? And then he fell asleep and started snoring. That is a miracle. That is a flower blooming. That is self-awareness growing. Would it be amazing if he could just see that and never get angry just because he was tired again? Fucking yes, right? But that is not the progress that he is making. I can honor the progress that he is making. I see the flower. Can you see the flower? Maybe the flower is not the other person. Maybe the miracle of the flower is you letting go. Letting go, remembering you won't explode if you don't speak your mind. Asking your own inner guidance. Does this need to be said? Am I being misunderstood? Am I misunderstanding? Is this even the environment, the moment in time, the conversation, the presence and power in which I can be understood? And if not, we take a breath and we let go. It can be revisited another time, another day when there is receptivity. Because happiness is the path. The last quote I wanted to pull in today. There is no path to happiness. Happiness is the path. And it's a choice. It's the freedom we choose. We choose to be happy, to not allow someone else to have the power to take that away from us, to accept responsibility if we allow someone else to take that away from us, to validate ourselves and to accept responsibility if we cannot or will not do that. Not to put that pressure on someone else because the truth is no one can say enough words to replace the own inner relationship that comes when you choose your response, you choose the way you communicate. When you remember that our spiritual awakening is a continual process where even in rest there is growth. It has no end, no precise goal. It is an unending evolution of self-awareness, of choice, of continually, patiently, and persistently pursuing our own peace of mind with each and every choice, with each and every response. It is beautiful. And in that space, we are free. We release the responsibility for other people's behavior and we embrace only our own. 
we release the desire to be in control of or the director of or the accelerant of the path, the awakening, the life education of another person and we simply accept our own leadership and the education of one. Yes, we have to guide our children. Yes, partnership is an important place in which our honesty and our perseverance and our belief in someone else's ability to grow is valuable. But the bottom line is, seek first the kingdom and all else will be added to you. It doesn't mean seek first to sit on some throne next to some anthropomorphic God. It means seek first your own peace of mind, alignment to who it is you want to be, and the rest will take care of itself. Let this be your goal, all of us. Let's choose freedom. Let's choose how we react, how we respond, because the only thing we really have any semblance of control over is who we allow ourselves to be. Until next time, beloved, namaste. Hi, my name is Connie, and I wanted to tell you a little bit of my experience and uh, my relationship with Jennifer. Um, when I first met Jennifer, uh, it was a very emotional and um, intense meeting. That day when I had walked in the door, I could feel this charge of uh, emotion and care and kindness. It was nothing short of amazing. Also that day, I received something that I never thought I would ever, ever get. It changed my life, literally. Or that day when I left, I was a changed person. I had a new outlook on life. I was happier. I felt lighter. It was something I will always be grateful for. Since then, our relationship has changed. It's become one of the most incredible. I'm fighting for the words because I don't know if I can find the words that are big enough to express how much it means to me. You know, excuse me, I'm getting a little verklempt. Um, the things that I've learned about myself, about the world around me, about my spirituality has been priceless. And the level of gratitude I have in regards to that is just immeasurable. I don't know how I would go on if, if this relationship wasn't in my life, but I know that I've learned so much that I would be able to go on. So I'm grateful for that too. I became a patron of the podcast because it gave me the opportunity to support and nurture something that nurtures my spirituality and me growing as a person and becoming my best self. I'll always be grateful for it.
it'll it'll continue to go with me throughout the course of the rest of my life there's so much love that is put into this and supporting its growth will benefit this world namaste thank you thank you for joining me today for this episode of lessons from the universe with jennifer hall it is my privilege to have your ear and your time come out find me on social media visit one of my seminars book an educational session however it is that i can support you i'm here remember beloved there's a little brunette with a podcast who's got your back.